Hello, everybody. It's been one week since I uploaded the uh, podcast last time. So I'm here with a special guest, Karen Snyder. She's been my friend since I moved to Houston, and she's been an inspiration because she's very active in transmedia and game development scene here in Houston. So I invited her to give a few words of what transmedia is and what she thinks about what it's like to be uh, creative in Houston. Hi. <laughs> well, thank you for that thought, and it's great to be your friend. You're one of the few innovators I know here in the region. It's always wonderful to talk with a female entrepreneur slash innovator slash tech gal. Um, as to what transmedia is, transmedia in, has been defined in quite a few different ways, but the simplest way to think of it is it's a story told over at least three different media platforms, and every one of those media platforms has a new part of the story being added to it and the audience is usually actively involved in some way. So from an entertainment property standpoint, you can see that now with Star Wars. Star Wars, of course, did not start as a transmedia enterprise. They started just with movies. But over time, um, you have seen that there's a new story found in the animated TV series that's not in the movies. It's additional story on a new media platform. The book series, in many instances, they had completely new story told. Now, of course, there's heavy audience participation in Star Wars with universe because you have live events or you have different expressions with comic-cons or what have you. So you see that it has become a transmedia-infused property. In fact, they now have a transmedia Bible that officially is used behind scenes for various productions so everyone remembers, oh, that's where the story officially arcs or this character's doing that, etc. From a serious use purpose, this is often used in marketing because people now need to tell their stories over more than one platform and they have to have a way to involve the audience. You don't just push a message anymore, people. They want to participate in the message. So you see that with Tom's t- Shoes. You saw how they effectively said, hey, audience, be a part of Tom's Shoes story. Your the shoe per- uh, purchases are going to assist others around the world, but in that they start expressing their story through various platforms and you'd have new things that could be done or told in social media that weren't found on the website and things that were in their TV commercials that had added to the story or they involved the audience participation that were different than what you saw in their print ad. So again, the thinking behind it was very strategic from the very get-go. How do we express our story? How do we add to the story with new content in various platforms to encourage the audience to go through every potential platform if we can, and how do we involve the audience? Awesome. That was pretty amazing how you defined transmedia. Uh, One question that we have about two minutes left uh, for the five-minute podcast. What is it like to teach at University of Houston? I know you have a class there. Could you tell us a little bit more about the class you teach and what the students would expect to learn? Well, at the University of Houston, I teach underneath the College of Technology in what is the digital media department. And the goal there is to have um, the students become producers and strategists in six potential emphasis. And underneath the transmedia class, the goal is literally taking a potential marketing or an entertainment property, obviously a small one in this case, and literally creating the campaign and the strategic thinking to, in a sense, create a production bump, which is a strategic plan based on research to your target market, and then create all the assets that go with it. Because as a transmedia producer, 
Um, not only am I silo trained in certain crafts like graphic design and video production, but I'm also a cross-trained generalist so that I know how to get a large chunk of work done across a bunch of media so that it can be produced with quality and excellence and that story is told well. So then they actually craft their story, whether it's the marketing story or the entertainment story, and then they release it for two weeks. And they see and they track how did the audience participate, where did the audience participate, what, and what happened and how. And then they add that so that at the end they have a complete and holistic story that's been told, expressed, and tracked. Awesome. Any last thoughts that you have? Uh, last 20 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> yes. May Houston continue to grow in its storytelling capabilities. We need more storytellers here in Houston. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, if someone wants to improve on their storytelling, what should they do as an exercise? Well, in general, they're going to want to think more strategically and apply their research in an effective way. Okay. Thank you so much. So, could you tell the audience what you do and how awesome it is? Yeah. Um, so, my name is uh, Jonathan Avila, and I'm the uh, CEO of uh, Core Simulations. And uh, Core Simulations is a digital healthcare company that utilizes uh, virtual reality uh, to improve patient compliance and lower readmittance rates for physical therapy clinics. Uh, kind of long story short, we gamify these common physical therapy exercises in, also, in addition to adding a data-driven uh, analysis of their, of the, uh, what is it called? Um, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. So the data-driven analysis of the people's uh, movements in order to kind of provide a comprehensive idea of how well they're going through their treatment. Okay, so I want to see if you can elaborate more in a way that the most common users can understand because there's a lot of uh, healthcare lingos that uh, you've used. And okay. imagine that like uh, you explain this to someone like a 12-year-old uh, who's really excited about the technology and the future. Um, what is that uh, you're using and, you know, examples of like the interactions, like can, can you visualize it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so imagine that uh, you received uh, some type of physical uh, injury to where you needed to go to a physical therapist. Um, and the physical therapist would administer a certain amount of exercises that you conduct there in the clinic, whether that be stretching your rotator cuff, uh, kind of stretching out your kneecap, whatever injury it may be. Um, and personally, going through physical therapy, it can be a little bit uh, drudgerous and a little bit, um, what's it called, tedious uh, to consistently do that without any form of uh, entertainment. And so what we do is that we utilize this virtual reality, which is the technology that uh, can kind of transport you to this different reality um, where we have kind of uh, measured out the specific ways that physical therapists move with their patients or move their limbs uh, in, in the therapy, and then we gamify that. So for example, instead of uh, stretching the rotator cuff 50 times like, like I kind of uh, talked about earlier, I could be uh, fighting off bad guys with a sword or, or painting somewhere. We have one simulation now um, that is uh, it's a spell casting simulation, but it really is supposed to be moving the rotator cuff and we're kind of trying to make therapy fun. But in addition, as you're moving that rotator cuff and as you're going through the exercises, um, all of the positional data where, where, where your controller is, where your headset is, and potentially where any other, other sensors are, that's all being tracked and then interpreted into these, these metrics and kind of like giving you these, these new ways of visualizing how well 
you can perform in these and whether or not you're improving from the first days that you got into the therapy office with your, with your therapist. Um, but yeah. And so that's, that's what, was that a pretty decent visualization? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you see that imagine, you know, 2050, uh, where do you see this going and where, you know, just let's imagine, you know, how the future will be with VR and uh, orthopedics and, and, and exercise and everything. Yeah, man, 2050, I hope we get some really, really interesting, uh, whether it be physical therapy or exercise-based uh, machines that do give you that analytics. Um, and if, if, if I were to put myself at that year right now uh, in, in the exercise therapy space, I'm, I'm hoping to see some, excuse me, um, some virtual reality headsets in, in some gyms, on the bikes. I know there was a, a recent, uh, what is it called, biking VR simulation that just got, I think, $5.5 million in uh, an investment round. So that's going to be hopefully really exciting in the future. And uh, hopefully, and I mean, 2050, I'm hoping that everyone has in some way uh, a headset that is both virtual reality and augmented reality, this concept of mixed reality. That way you can... Not like you can have your exercises in AR or if you want them in VR a little bit more gamified, you can then choose that. Um, that, that would be really exciting to see um, just any, any advances in that technology. It's also, especially the tracking, because right now the positional data, um, we're tracking it with controllers. If there's like this new evolution of uh, tracking and where your hands are, whether it's like inside out tracking or whether it's just like leap mode, I think it was uh, not leap motion, motion leap that uh, you can track your hands, something like that would be great. Um, but in 2050, I definitely think that that could be a, a viable uh, reality. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much.